Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is scriptwriter Steve, and welcome to my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is September 25th, 2022. It is currently 11.22 p.m. at night. It's not in the morning. It's not 2 a.m. in the morning. It's a pretty early podcast for me, I know, so sue me. You know, I had a pretty long day today. I had a wedding over at 1.30 p.m. at Koalina. That ended early. Then I saw my friend, movie guy Keone, over at Magic Island. Cruised with him for a little bit. Came back, watched some football, ate some food. And here I am talking to you folks. So, anyway, how was your day going? How was your weekend? I had a pretty good weekend. I cooked some ribs. Cooked some really great barbecue ribs. Uh, you know, I had... um. It was Safeway Friday. Now, for those of you who have no idea what, Safe, what Safeway is, it's a supermarket we have here in Hawaii. Uh, I believe Vons uh, in the mainland actually owns it. So I think some parts of the mainland have Safeway, some parts have Vons. But they have this really cool thing called a Safeway Fridays where they, um, or everything, where they, not everything, some things that they choose is actually on sale for $5. So, um, you know, my father and I went down there and, uh, you know, just... We just shot from the hip and said, hey, you know what? Why don't we just go down there and check what's for sale? And lo and behold, it was $5 a pound for beef short ribs. Now, that's really, 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 really cheap. So uh, it's usually about $10.99 at Costco, $15 a pound. Usually when it's not on sale, $5 a pound, that's that's a steal, especially in this Joe Biden economy, right? And uh, even though it's not prime, it's choice, that's still great. So, uh, you know... Um, we went, we went over there to the meat market or there, or they, where they have all the $5 short ribs and they were completely sold out. And then we looked over at the butcher's window and the butcher window over, over there at Safeway, the window was completely open and he was, uh, he was cutting the short ribs. Now the way short ribs, the way, the way the butchers get it over there, um, at the supermarket, they get it four long ribs and there's some meat on top of it. And they usually cut it into the pieces that they're going to be selling it to. So here in Hawaii, they cut it into kalbi, uh, I guess, uh, sizes. So what kalbi is, it's a Korean dish where they have three ribs or three or four ribs and they'll just cut it very, very, I guess, what are, perpendicular to the bone. Why don't we just say that? Perpendicular to, to the bone. And each piece of kalbi is maybe about, maybe, a, but maybe about a little less than one centimeter wide. And they, and they do this for all the short ribs, right? Now, if you're going to do traditional American-style Texas barbecue or anywhere where they're doing beef ribs, you don't want them to cut into you cut your short ribs in the Calbee style. You just want the ribs completely from beginning to end. And uh, luckily, we saw him cutting, cutting the ribs, and we said, hey, you know what? Can we get one of those and uncut, and you just wrap it up? And he said, yeah, of course, man. I said, yeah, we're just going to make the old kind of Texas-style ribs, you know, and we just want to smoke it. And he said, yep, he understands what we want. So he took, uh, he, so we bought two pairs of, uh, I guess, I wanted to say one pair of uh, four-bone short ribs there, they're great. They're short. They're, they weren't prime again. They're, they're choice. Uh, some of the fat was cut off, but that's fine. It's $5 a pound. Okay. That's really, really good. Took this, you know, and we paid about $38.95 or something for two, for, for two pieces of four, for four, four ribs. So, so let's see here. You know, one, one short rib piece of meat has four ribs on it so we had eight ribs all together and uh the usual cost of that we looked on the package would be 111 dollars, and we got it for 38 dollars. so that's a steal that's really really a steal i never had that great of a steal at safeway fridays so uh we we really really lucked out on that came back 
um, it was a little too late to, to cook it. And then I told my father, hey, you know, I'll go ahead and cook it the next day. So I ended up, uh, you know, barbecuing it the next day. And it came out really, 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 really good. I still have four more left over in my fridge. And uh, you know, one, one, one pack of ribs were smaller than the other, so it's great. And we, we, uh, we actually gave some away to the neighbors and uh, gave away some to my friends as well. And we still have uh, some left over, so I'm going to have my parents over. We're going to all eat the ribs. It'll be great. So um, anyway, that's what I did this weekend. I made some ribs, had a wedding. Uh, also, I finished up editing some wedding videos. I, I had some wedding videos that had to get done on the 22nd and 24th and some photos. And I, I was able to get them all done right in time for their wedding, a wedding reception. So I'm really, really, really happy about that. And, uh, you know, whenever you have customers and they're just ecstatic about the quality that you deliver to them, uh, it really makes you feel good. Um, you know, just to have someone appreciate your work and, and just really say some nice things to, uh, about you, especially on your website, on Yelp, on Google reviews. And it's just really, really, really awesome. All right. But that's not what I really, really wanted to talk about right now. You know, you know what's, what's really, really bugging the hell out of me is the state that of this uh, country right now we're, we're, we're in right now. It's, a, it's really, really horrible. I mean, we are just one million, one million percent polarized. I mean, you have, you have conservatives, you know, you have conservatives on the right you know, who believe they know what's right. And you have like progressive lefts, you know, again, who they also believe, they, they, they believe that they're also right. And uh, you have, and then I'm here stuck in the middle. Uh, yeah, I'm not exactly 100% conservative. I'm not 100% liberal in the fact, but there's a lot of parts of, parts of me where I am liberal. Let's say, for example, when it comes to gay marriage, I am 100% for it. You know, I am 100%, you know, whatever whatever people want to do, you know, in, in their bedrooms and, you know, whoever they want to marry, whoever they're attracted to, I really don't give a damn. I really don't give a damn. And even when it comes to transgenderism, if you want to identify as a, you are a guy and you want to identify as a girl and you want to take estrogen and all that, go right ahead and go right ahead. The problem I have is that when when you start advocating um, your sexual preferences and start teaching that in schools, let's say, for example, if, you, if, if somebody actually taught gay sex in school, and I know they do, then I actually have a problem with that because, you know, being gay is a sexual preference, right? You know, and being straight is also a sexual preference. In school, we should not teach about sexual preferences at all. Uh, we should teach about sex, Right, sexual intercourse, right, reproduction, and those things about that, right? We should not even teach about you know genders and you know and, and talk about like what type of gender are you? Are you confused? Are you a child, you know, that is trapped in a man's body? Are you a girl trapped in a guy's body? Or a guy trapped in a girl's body? And and you can go on and on. Are you, are you an anime character trapped in a man's body? I mean, all these stupid things. Those are preferences. We never teach preferences in school. And all of a sudden, they're teaching it as though it's a curriculum that is absolutely needed uh, in our society. And these kids need to figure out what their quote-unquote gender identity is. Now, that's what I have a problem with. And then on top of that, the, the problems I have on top of that is that now with this gender-affirming 
I guess, a theology or practice of psychology out there, which doesn't make any sense because psychologists or psychiatrists are not supposed to affirm anyone or anything. You don't, don't, you don't go to a psychologist to get affirmed. You don't say, hey, you know what? I, I think I have a problem. I think I may have this disorder, right? Right? Do I, don't I have that disorder? Because I'm identifying I have that disorder. And the psychologist should not say to you, yes, you have that disorder. That's not what psychology or therapy is all about. You go to therapy or mental therapy or a therapist to, to be told what's wrong with you. You never go over there to have it affirmed. You don't go to a doctor and say, I want these drugs. No, they will tell you what drugs you can or should take. But in this really strange world that we're living in, we're living in this world of gender-affirming psychiatry or psychology, a young kid, say for a little boy who identifies as a girl, can walk into a gender-affirming therapist and say, I'm a little, little girl stuck in a boy's body. I want estrogen. And he can get estrogen. Oh, I, 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 I want to take hormone-blocking pills without telling my mom. In some states, they can do that. I don't want to tell my dad that I'm going to be turning into a girl. Fine. <laughs> your secret's safe with us. We're a gender-affirming therapist, and here you go with your drugs. And, you know, a lot of the dangers about, about like, you know, taking gender-affirming drugs. Now, there's to call, like, gender-affirming drugs, right? The, the left will always, they have a way with language of always not telling you the full truth. And, and, and I also don't have a problem with that. They always say, don't ask questions, just take our rhetoric as the truth, don't debate. The, the minute you debate, something's wrong with you. Just affirm, affirm, affirm. Always agree, agree, agree. If you disagree or question, even raise a hand or pump the brakes, all of a sudden you're just part of the problem, right? So if you go out there and say, hey, wait a minute, what happens if I put estrogen into a male's body? Well, the answer is that it becomes cancerous. That is 100% true. That is scientific. But if you say that, now I've said this to, to several, you know, transgenders and they said, no, that's absolutely false. And they, 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 they do their own research and find out, well, it's absolutely true. And they start having some problems with it. They really do. So they said, they weren't told that if they took estrogen, that it would possibly cause cancer within their body. They're not told that. Isn't that a problem? And that's what's wrong if you don't demand debate. All these things should be, be debated. Let's say for the vaccines. Now, the vaccines, again, were created, you know, it was through Operation Warp Speed by Donald Trump. And I think at the beginning it may have helped, but then as this vaccine evolved and we found out more things about it, we found out that this vaccine did hurt people. But unfortunately, we couldn't even have that conversation. You know, and, and on top of that, not everyone needed the vaccine. No. And on top of that, not everyone, you know, um, not everyone had the same reaction when they took the vaccine. So for, so for example, myself, I hardly had any type of, you know, type of response to it. You know, now, and uh, I had some friends who had some really, really bad responses to it. And, they, and uh, the doctors kept saying, well, when you have this reaction to it, that's what you want. You want your body to get really, really, really sick. And some of my friends, you know, um, I have some friends who are women, and their periods are still not the same as it was before they took the vaccine. And, they, and their doctor won't listen to them. You know, for a lo the longest time, my memory was bad. And then on top of that, my father, he couldn't even walk sometimes. So 
and, and then my, I think, I think it was uh, one of my friends, they had some heart populations, and another one of my friends, they got a stroke. In fact, a couple of my friends got a strokes when they're in their mid-30s. How do you like that? Now, can we blame the vaccine for all of that? But no, we can't. But it just seems a little bit weird because before the vaccine, while before COVID, none of my friends had these problems. My parents never had these problems. I never had these problems. And all of a sudden I hear, whoa, wait a minute. Two or three of my friends who are in their mid-30s, mid-40s are getting strokes. Usually someone getting a stroke that young is very, very, very rare. You may have one friend who may have gotten a stroke when they're younger, but you wouldn't have three or four or two or three or and have really bad strokes. You wouldn't have a 25-year-old have a bad stroke. You wouldn't know all these people had bad strokes. One of my wedding couples, they actually had a stroke. So it just seems a little funny. And, then you're, and they're just, you're just asked to look the other way. And right now they have a vaccine out there that that was tested, they designed it for the Omicron uh, variant, and it was tested on eight lab rats. I kid you not, eight lab rats, and that's it, no human trials. And then all of a sudden, they pushed through this emergency, uh, uh, emergency order to approve this vaccine without human trials because they said, we need to do it. We need to do this, right? Because we need to save everyone. And Omicron, I had Omicron. I may have had it twice, you know, but, you know, I've had Omicron. All my friends had Omicron. Um, we didn't go to the hospital. And those who had Omicron, the ones who were hit harder, who had Omicron, by the way, those were the vaccinated people. Movie guy Keone, I gave him Omicron. <laughs> he had it for about three days and then he was fine. Three days. So he, he, had, he had it for the shortest amount of days out of all of us. How do you like that? So what's really, really been bugging me, and I guess I've been, you know, it's always been this way for, for the longest of time, is that Democrats, the progressive left, they don't want to listen. Their super ego gets really, really in the way. And, it, and they know for a fact that they're living a lie. I mean, there's a big part of them that they know for a fact that they're living, they're, they're living this lie. They, they base their entire life on lies and just emotion. And they don't want this facade um, to, to even break apart because if they broke this facade apart, then they would discover, well, they've been living <laughs> the last 10, 15, 20 years of their lives, maybe even 40, 50 years of, of their life, just wasting away, you know, uh, you're swimming in a sea of BS. I mean, I mean uh, I'm not going to swear on my podcast, but that's what it is. And then on, you have the same problem on the extreme right, by the way. So it's, it's not just happening on the left. You have like on the extreme right, you have people who are flat earthers. And you have people who believe in like chemical, tra chemical contrails, right? And saying, well, you know, the, you know, the, the, the government's poisoning us through all these chemtrails in their, I guess, in, in the sky. And yeah, I ask them, well, you know, when you, uh, when, when you want to, you know, uh, I guess, uh, you know, cure your, your crops, and when the crop duster wants to crop, you know, dust your crop, does that crop duster, you know, fly at 30,000, 40,000 feet in the air? The answer is no, absolutely not. So, so if those, those chemtrails are happening at 30,000, 40,000 feet over the, in the air, how are they ever going to reach us? I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. The toxicity, if, the, if, the, if anybody wants to give us cancer, Right, they're better off poisoning our water. They're poisoning our food than dumping chemicals way like thirty thousand, forty thousand feet in the air when they won't. When there's not even a promise that it'll actually hit the the desired target. That just won't happen. But again, you have those on the extreme right 
who just don't want to believe that, unfortunately, right? So these type of loyalists, they, they exist on both sides. Now, I do you know, tend to side more with the conservatives, but even then you have those whack jobs on the right-hand side who are just saying, hey, you know what? You know, like, uh, you know, Steve, you took the vaccine, right? Or you're magnetic now. Now you have like 5G in your body and, the, and now, the, 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 now the government can track you. The government can track you. And I said, okay, fine. I have 5G in my body. I have these little nanobots in my body. They say, yep, Steve, you do. So I say, how do, we, how do they turn on these 5G antennas that are in my blood? Because apparently I have 5G on my phone and the, the connection's still a little spotty because I see it go to 4G LTE, then it goes to 5G. But I have a 5G antenna that's in my body that's better than on my cell phone. And my cell phone has a really, really big battery that I have to recharge every single day. But the one in my, the one in my blood that is powered by what? And guess what they do? They do the same exact thing the left does is that they say, no, 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 stop asking questions. No, 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 you, you shouldn't be doing that. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And they cancel you the same way the left does. So it's that type of personality type that doesn't want to hear debate because they would rather go down the boat than actually hear, you know, the, the argument against it. Now, you do have more people who are, you know, loyalist or the loyalist type personality on the left than actually on the right. You, you actually do. So, uh, but, you know, both of them, they're just as bad. I'm here stuck in the middle with you, okay? just like the song. And uh, sometimes I find myself kind of like deciding, where, where the hell do I go, you know? But one thing which really, really, really started to bug me now is that Joe Biden out there is starting to say, say that people like me or people on the right, you know, the people who, who believe like in Donald Trump or voted for Donald Trump or believe that the elections were not on the up and up, those people like me, we are a threat to democracy. We are a legitimate threat to democracy. Me, an aspiring barbecue restauranteur, a guy who plans weddings, right? Uh, or Mike Lindell, a guy who sells pillows. Uh, you know, some of, the, some of my other, other friends out there, movie guy Keone, a guy who makes movie props. He's a threat to democracy. Really? You know, and, and Donald Trump, he is the head guy. He is the head kingpin, the ultra mega guy who is really, really a threat to democracy because he does not believe that elections were 100% legit. Now, let me ask you this, right? It, it's a really simple question that I ask every single person who, who believes that the, the um, election was 100% legit. I said, why did Joe Biden and his campaign cohorts, right, why did they send lawyers in every single swing state to change the election laws so that mail-in ballots would be counted after the provisional vote? Now, in every other state, including Hawaii, mail-in ballots are counted before the provisional vote. What are the provisional votes? Those are the votes that you actually vote in person, okay? The reason why they count it before is so you can't find mail-in ballot ballots everywhere and all that and, and start manufacturing votes. That's the reason why that it's always, always has been done in the way. So always, if you get mail-in ballots, they're put like in a safe house and then they're counted. And then you say, okay, you're going to start off the election before you start counting. Here's what you have. Okay. Here's what you have. hundred percent. Now you're going to count your provisional vote. And after you finish counting the provisional vote, that's it. That's it done. And by the end of the night, you have a winner. What happens now? You, you have some people in the beginning. 
your mail-in ballots. Okay, fine. You, they voted early. Mail-in ballots, all early voting. Count, and then, then you have your, then they count the provisional vote. And then they count the mail-in ballots again. They have the leftover mail-in ballots. So, oh, here's ones that we find. Here's what we find. And in fact, they can keep counting mail-in ballots about a week or two weeks after the provisional ballot has been counted. How is that okay? And they only changed the laws. They only changed the laws in the states that Joe Biden had to get elected or had to win. All of the swing states, Georgia, um, Georgia, Atlanta, you know, Pennsylvania, Michigan, right? All those other places right there, right? You know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Wisconsin, all those areas, Pennsylvania. So that's why we have to wait for weeks upon weeks to, to find out who actually won that. And what happens? Well, as they, they, as they get closer to the date of, of uh, where all the mail-in ballots have to, um, I guess, have to be tallied and counted, that's when Joe Biden pulls ahead. And he just happens to pull ahead right on the day or right before the day when that expiration date is found. They just say, oh, we, we, we found 100,000 more ballots. Oh, he needs about 50,000 more ballots to win. Oh, we just found 50,000 ballots. It is amazing. This popped up out of nowhere. It just happened to be. It just happened to be. And that happened in every single swing state where they changed the votes. The other states, they counted their mail-in ballots beforehand. So again, I asked the Democrats, why was it done to only those states? And they look at me and says, you're asking too much questions, Steve. We have to save our democracy. So no, that's not the question. That's not the question I'm asking. Answer the question. Why did they change it? Why? And they just walk away. They, they can't handle it because there's no answer to that. There's absolutely no answer to that. Now, my other question, too, is that why does it take so damn long to count ballots? You remember back in the day when we had the ballots, and these were the little punch hole ballots, right? The old-fashioned ones. Maybe you young kids don't remember that, but we used to just punch these little punch holes. And they counted those ballots so quick that before even Hawaii finished up their voting, we already knew who, pre who the president was. I mean, they already announced the winner. The winner's this, 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 and it was so quick. It was really, really quick. Now, with, with a Dominion voting, and it's like, you know, Scantron and everything, it's all electronic. You vote electronically, it takes about two weeks to find out who wins. So it's more electronic, and it takes two weeks to find out who wins. Why is that? Why is that? And how do you like the new thing that they're doing over in Alaska and they're doing over in New York? Ranked choice voting. So the most popular candidate, right, it doesn't, isn't going to win. You know, because if a person, one person, if their vote does, if you don't, if one person in ranked choice voting, if a voter does not vote for the most popular candidate or the second most popular, popular candidate, they get their vote counted. More than once, more than twice, more than three times. They can vote four times. Isn't that crazy? That's not how voting is done. That's not how you find out who the winner is. If it were, then American Idol and, and uh, America's Got Talent would use ranked choice voting to figure out who the hell the winner was, right? But they don't. They just flat out just count up tallies. And uh, apparently, you know, you know, just you know, winning a vote by the popular vote right now for Democrats, it's not good enough. They have to invent another way to win, ranked choice voting. And this is, uh, you know, this is coming to America right now. They're, or they're doing it over in Alaska, a red state. And, uh, you know, a Democrat may win that state because, 
You know, she she's not the most popular candidate, but she may be the most popular second or third choice for a lot of voters. So if you're the most popular second or third or fourth choice for a lot of voters, you may actually win. If you're the number one choice, you, you know, you may not win. In fact, if you're the number one choice, it actually works against you. Isn't that crazy? This is the world that we're living in, right? And all of a sudden, again, the Democrats are, the Democrats, the Democrats are saying that, again, people like me, Mike Lindell, you know, Trump and all these other people just want to do the good thing. And all Republicans who, who believe in like, you know, voter integrity and, or, and think that, hey, maybe, maybe a closed border would be good or, or believe in like common sense policies, right? You know, we don't want our kids you know, being, you know, pushed into like, you know, take to take drugs, maybe when they're older, older, and they're like confused about their identity, then we can say, hey, you can you can put whatever drugs you want in your body, We're still not going to agree with it. But you can put whatever drugs you want in your body. But we don't want you as kids to be put drugs, you know, and then on top of that, we, we don't want our teachers to start educating you about transgenderism. And we don't want, you know, wokeism, we don't want the movement of to, to be woke to just take over our entire world. You know, we want the ability, we want the ability to actually offend people without being the, having the threat to, of even being canceled. You know, nowadays you say the wrong thing and your whole business gets shut down, right? And, and we don't want that in our society. We want stronger, we want more cops, we want safer streets, we don't want, we don't want, you know, no cash bail. All these different common sense things. We want, you know, corp, we want to embrace all forms of electricity, including EV and green and all those other things, right? I'm fine with Teslas. I, I really am. But please don't take away my gas cars. Now, if you say any of this, you are a threat to democracy. That's what they're saying. That's what my friends on Facebook have told me. Quote, unquote, friends, right? Steve, you are a threat to democracy because you don't believe the vaccines work. You don't want to take the vaccines. You're a threat to democracy, right? You believe that Trump is a good person and a smart person and a really good businessman. You're a threat to democracy. You know, and this is the insanity that's on the left. And that's why even my friends or some, not really friends, but some people on the right who believe in the chemtrails and even some of them are flat earthers and all that, you can still have a conversation with them somewhat. You know, you, they'll still entertain a idea. Uh, and, and even then morally, they'll listen to you. They'll, they'll listen to the moral argument. Right? If, if you go against sometimes their flat earth, earth uh, you know, philosophy, you know, the, <laughs> you, know you, you, may, you may be in trouble there. But the moral argument of a lot of things, they got right. On the left, they lose on the moral argument completely, 100%. I mean, they'll, they'll always side with the, for some reason, with the murderers, you know, the, 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 with the rapists, they'll, you know, the, with the people who break laws compulsively. You know, if you have someone in jail, you have someone in prison, and, uh, you know, they murdered, raped, and killed a lot of these people, You'll more than likely the person who will associate themselves, who have compassion for, would be the one somebody who's on the left, and they'll say, "Well, this person has is reformed, found God. We should release him early." Uh, no, he has to pay his time. That's all. That's all. What really comes down to this guy raped the kid. You know, I'm sorry. You can't. It can't happen. You can't. You can't let him go, go out. And and the left, I guess their heart is so big it gets in the way of them seeing. You know the truth, and right now they're they're trying to be compassionate. You know, they're, they're trying to ha form a 
I guess it's weird compassion for pedophiles. You know, for a person to actually, you know, you know, for me to make the argument, say, hey, pedophiles are evil. And then all of a sudden the left, they come up with this word called MIPS or MAPS or something like that. And, uh, <laughs> and they're saying, well, you know, just because they're, they're attracted to, to young kids, it doesn't mean they're a sexual predator. Well, <laughs> really? Really? I think if that person is sexually attracted to a kid, I don't think you want your kid to be around that person, right? Because something may happen. Because when you're attracted to a person, you know, something may happen, especially someone who's strangely attracted to a kid. You know, you know attraction is really interesting, right? You know, what you're attracted to. You know, when you're younger, you, you're usually attracted, you know, as, as a guy, right? You're automatically attracted to the more beautiful thing. It's always, hey, the more beautiful car, right? The more beautiful house and the more beautiful girl. But then as you get older and you start to mature and you says, well, you know, it's not just the looks, it's what's underneath, right? It's what's in, what's in the, what's, it's what's in the heart, what's in the head. So you start saying, well, you know, yeah, she's very, very attractive looking, but are you attractive? No, not, not really. Like, like AOC is a very, very beautiful woman. I mean, AOC, you know, <laughs> I know a lot of you listen to me and they say AOC is like ugly. No, AOC is a pretty woman, but she's, she's crazy. She's flat out crazy. She's like, you know, like a left loony, right? So in that sense, like, you know, it would be horrible to ever go out with her. Like, you can't have a conversation because she's nuts. And, and, that, and that's the reason why a, a lot of people, you know, I, I talk to my friends, would you ever go out with her? It's absolutely not because she's completely nuts. So again, that rule of attraction, you know, it's more than just looks. But when you take a look at a pedophile and they're attracted to this kid, like, what do you have to be attracted? What, what attracts them to this pedophile? I mean, I, I, this little kid. Is it, why do you like this little baby? You know, I mean, what? What is it? Their legs, their body, their shape? Because it's not their mind, because their mind is not developed. So something's wrong with that, right? Something's really, really wrong with that. And it's not safe to have your kids around, but the left right now, they're trying to defend that and say, hey, you know what? Part of the alphabet mafia, the LGBTQIA something, and I think it's the question mark, will also include pedophiles now. That's crazy. That is really, really, really crazy. But that's where the left is, is going right now. And you think about that. You just think about that. And then you think about Joe Biden. And Joe Biden, who attaches, attaches himself to the alphabet mafia. And when I say alphabet mafia, we're talking the LGBTQ movement, right? The, those guys, right? The ones that want to bully you because you won't accept transgenders. On top of that, now, now pedophiles as normal. Joe Biden is on that side. I kid you not. And when, and when I see that, who is now the threat to democracy? Who's the one who wants to, you know, dope up your kids with hormones? Who, who, who's the one who's like saying, who's trying to say pedophiles are okay? Who's the one who's saying that, hey, you know what? We should, we should allow all the illegal immigrants over our border and it's not a problem. And those illegal immigrants, again, are taking the jobs that a lot of us want. There's a lot of good construction jobs out there, but a lot of good construction people can't get those jobs because they're being taken by illegal immigrants. In fact, illegal immigrants are taking even other jobs, even computer jobs, because the ones who are immigrating over are not idiots. A lot of them are not idiots right there. 
You know, a lot of them can build websites. A lot of them, some of them are nurses, some of them are doctors and all those other things, right? So they're taking other jobs. They're, they're performing, you know, you know, actually good. They're, they're, they're actually good workers, you know? And here's the thing. They can enter. They should enter through a work visa program. We have to fix that. Work, we should be able to get a work visa a lot easier for these uh, these these uh, people who have talent who want to come into our country. So, hey, if you're a doctor or a nurse, if you're a carpenter and all that stuff, hey, you know what? <laughs> Just demonstrate something on YouTube really, really quick that you have that skill. We'll get you that visa really quick and we can put you on a path to citizenship You're really, really quick. But to enter our country illegally and, and to turn over our border to the Mexican cartel... How is that strengthening our democracy? Who is the real threat to democracy, right? Who is the real threat? But that's all Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and all that. That's all they can say about Trump. And what are they doing now to, to cement this, like, uh, this type of lie? They're, they're raiding his Mar-a-Lago, Mar you know, state. For what? For exactly what, I guess, what crime? For the fact that he had maybe some classified documents there, but he was the president. And on top of that, Mar-a-Lago is protected by the, I guess, the Secret Service. So that's a pretty secure site. You know, I can't go walk in there and steal anything there. You know, if there were classified, you know, documents there, which I doubt there, there was anything of any significance, you know, they, <laughs> you know, it would, it would still be pretty safe. And now we find out that out of the, out of the tons and tons of like boxes that they seized, only 1% of it or less than 1% of the documents that they took were labeled as classified. How do you like that? So they took a lot of other things that they, did, that they were not supposed to take. That's corruption right there, people. That is the definition of corruption. That is not what our democracy is about. Let's not forget that it was the FBI who created a phony dossier that they used to spy on the Trump campaign, that the Obamas and Joe Biden approved, you know, it was part of their plan and Hillary Clinton's plan and the FBI to use this phony dossier that was created, created by an FBI informant, a paid FBI informant, to, to spy on Donald Trump and to also use to investigate him on this phony, this phony narrative that he had colluded with the Russians to steal the election. And, uh, and here's the crazy thing about it. The FBI, Hillary Clinton, and, and the Democrats are allowed to push this phony narrative of Russia collusion, the hoax, and, all, and, and, and how he used the Russians to steal the election. And we can't even... And they have this huge investigation, three-year investigation to get to the bottom of that. And we can't even have a one-day investigation about if there was voter fraud that went on in the 2020 election. Not even one day. They had three years. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? It's almost like a cheating husband, right? He doesn't want to talk about his mistress on the side. He doesn't want, not even, he doesn't want to even hear about it, right? Because if you hear about it, you'll find out, wait, wait a minute, this guy's been having an affair for three years, right? He's been cheating, but he doesn't want to talk about it. And if he doesn't talk about it, it doesn't happen. And that's what the Democrats are doing. That's really what it is. If, if they had nothing to hide, they would welcome an investigation. 
They would welcome an investigation. You know, Donald Trump, he's welcoming an investigation right now into if, if he had any type of classified documents or anything. He welcomed the whole Mueller investigation. He had nothing to hide. He said, go ahead, investigate. He kept saying, investigate whatever you want. And Mueller went in and out, in and out, through all of his tax records and everything. He went fishing. And they couldn't find anything, right? And lo and behold, after that happens, and after Donald Trump gets out of office, we have this you know, you know, prosecutor over there in New York who runs for office. Uh, I think, what is her name? Leticia James or something like that, right? And, and James, she says that she's running on, she's running for office and her, her, her stance is that she is going to sue Donald Trump. She doesn't even know what for, but that's her platform. She's going to sue the pants off him. <laughs> she has no idea what she's going to do, right? So finally, she decides just recently, okay, I, I know what I'm going to sue him for. Well, Donald Trump inflated his net worth when he applied for bank loans out there, he said X property was worth more. This property is valued worth more. And that property is valued worth more. And when, if I, and she said, oh, his property is actually not worth this much. It's worth that much. So she knows how much his property is actually worth. Value is subjective. And the bank, by the way, when Donald Trump applied for these, you know, Donald Trump, what happened was that Donald Trump applied for a bank loan. He listed these assets as, collateral and again like what everyone does in the world like that who owns a house they all said well this house is worth way more money than this much much mu this much money that much money that much money it's all inflated because you want it to look really really good and then the bank knows you inflate it and they get their own people to investigate and they'll say well we think it's worth this this much or that much or that much and we'll give you a loan based upon what we think. Now you can always counter them and say I think your I think your assessment is wrong, but you have a right to you know you have a right to say what your property is valued for. You know, you know well, where I live right now uh, I, you know, to me, I mean I'll be very honest with you. I, I live I think in the best place in Hawaii or, or in Oahu. Uh, we live on a, on a dead end street uh, there's only about 11 neighbors to 11 neighbors here, and I know all of them very, very personally. And uh, we're very, very far away from from each other. Uh, our, we live right, we, we live right, but up to the mountain. Um, low crime to no crime whatsoever, uh, and we have a little. Pro it's a little street. Uh, it's a, it's a public street that we have, but it's almost like a private street because you know when a when a car comes down our street and we don't know who it is, we kind of just look at them. You know, we we know the cars who live here. We know the people. We know the faces that live here, right? So it's a really, really nice private street. The houses are all nice and cherry. And, uh, and we have no HOA. And on top of that, we're, again, I'm not sure if I said this, we're very far away from each other. So if I throw a party at my house, you're not going to hear it next door. And uh, so I was, I was talking to my neighbor and I asked her, well, how much would you ever sell our houses for, right? Because on Zillow, um, they say that our, that our houses are only worth $1.5 million. And, I, and she said, she told me I wouldn't even listen if somebody came here to offer me $1.5 million for my house. So apparently the value is not there, right? Value, again, is subjective. Now, if you go to like someone who's a, a, mathma a mathematical geek who works over at Zillow, they'll say our house is worth $1.5. And then most say, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. You got to offer me a lot more, right? And that's what happened. That's the reason why homes increase in value. So I asked her, 
how much would it cost for you to even start to listen? And she said around maybe around $3 million, I'll start to listen to their offer. But most likely, I won't even take that. And I agree. I said, I wouldn't even take $3 million for our house because we, where would we go? Where would we find another place like this here on Oahu? Because there isn't any. It's the best place, right? So, so then we kind of, kind of joked and he said, about $10 million. They said, and then, even then we said, $10 million? Eh, I don't I know. I, I, we can't even find a nice place in $10 million that's like this. I mean, I'm sure that's how, that's how nice our place is, right? But again, on Zillow, it's worth 1.5. Now, if we go to the bank and say, hey, we think our houses are worth $10 million because ourselves and our neighbors would not even sell even for 10. <laughs> and Letitia James will say, come by and say, hey, you overvalued your property. And we'll say, hey, wait a minute. None of us are going to sell for 1.5. She'll say, your house is worth 1.5. You overvalued it by 900%. You know, I said, no, no, no. Value is subjective. So I would only sell it for 10 mil. I would listen. I would maybe listen to it for 10 mil. 1.5, I'll laugh you off my lawn. Right? We're all laughing you off the lawn. Don't even tell me my house is only worth 1.5. It's a joke. 100% joke. And, uh, but that's what Letitia James is doing with Donald Trump's properties. She's saying, I believe his property is only worth this much. He said it's worth $200 million. I said it's worth $50 million. Therefore, he's lying. She didn't even go into his house and look at all the modifications. Look at all the gold around there. There's so much gold in this property, just the gold alone. If you took his toilet trees all around, all out there, you know, that, that one room would be probably be worth millions of dollars because there's so much freaking damn gold in there. <laughs> it's, like, it's so stupid. She doesn't realize it. You know how much, you know, the art on top of the walls, the historical things and all there. You know, it's, there's so much money involved. And she just says, well, the next door property is only worth 49 million. And you said it's worth like 250 million. And on top of that, <laughs> who's the victim? Because the bank who loaned out their money, they actually said, well, well, Donald Trump paid off his loan. We're fine. We're not victims. So the bank is not part of the, you know, part, part of this case. Who, who is the victim here? All of us, all of a sudden, Letitia James is saying, this is a civil suit going against Donald Trump when there's actually no victim involved. The victim is, oh, I think, you know, he inflated the cost of his property to get loans that the bank gave him a loan and he paid back 100% in full and the bank is not really, you know, complaining about anyway. And they also gave him another loan, which he paid off in full and they want to keep doing business with him. And I think that's uh, because he inflated his property. I don't think he's that rich. That's what it is. There's nothing there. She is just pulling at strings. And then on top of that, he she went after the CEO of the Trump organization for um, not reporting his taxes accurately because apparently all the in-kind services that Donald Trump had given to, to uh, his CEO, for example, he let the CEO borrow his car. He let, he let the CEO stay at his property, his vacation rental for free. Apparently, he was supposed to count that as income. And yes, technically you are. But who does that? Who actually, you know, if you stay at, at, a, at a person's house, right, for free, and they say, you're just staying here for free for a month. I'm not going to charge you any rent. You're supposed to count that as income. You are, 
right? If you if you uh, if this person lets you borrow their car for a year, right, and you're and the company lets you borrow the car for a year, you're supposed to count that as income, but do you? No, absolutely not. You know these these are things that are just like you know written on the books that like are just there for like you know IRS agents to actually complain about when you get audited. It's really dumb stuff. Do you know that I, I was, I remember reading this one article where there was like this, I think 40 IRS auditors uh, audited this one make-believe character who made so much money per year and everything like that, right? And every single auditor came up with a different answer. Some were this, this make-believe character owed like about $200,000 of, of cash. And then some of them, the, the government owed about $100,000 in cash because he had, they had overpaid. And every single IRS auditor made their case and it was, it was actually a legit case. It, you know, it, it could be argued in, in front of a, of, a, of a judge and say, this person owes this much or that person or we owe him this much. How do you like that? Because, and the, the reason why they were able to argue it that way is because, is because the IRS code is so large, so complicated. Um, it's larger than the Bible that nobody knows exactly what's in it. It's, it's very, very, very messy. And the more money you have, the more corporations you have, the more money you have coming from different areas, the more, you know, the more complicated your taxes become. It's crazy. You know, for myself, I have a bookkeeper who, who, who does my books because I don't want it to get all messed up. I'm horrible at, I'm horrible at numbers. And then I have a, a, a tax accountant, you know, and, and I have to pay them a lot of money, you know, to keep my books right. So in case when I get audited, you know, you know, I, I won't go to jail or won't have to pay more. It, it's that crazy. Now, I wish this tax code were just simplified so much more. <sighs> but anyway. I've been talking for four, like 45 minutes, people. I mean, I know, you know, you're probably out there saying, hey, just scratching your head and saying, Where, what's the point of this podcast right here? But it's just me talking about everything that's, that the Democrats have been doing, I guess, to, to me, or not, or not to me, but or to people like myself, um, you know, who are better off or worse than me, or, or just, we just share a different opinion than others. You know, we're labeled as the enemy of the state. And pretty soon, pretty soon, you know, Joe Biden, <laughs> with this inflationary like type of like act that he created, you know, he's going to be hiring like eighty thousand with twenty thousand IRS agents, and their sole purpose is to go after small businesses like mine. And uh, lo and behold, you know, I'm, I have a feeling that I'm going to be targeted, right? I have a feeling my other friends will be targeted, and uh, you know, because we we have become the enemy of the state. We are technically terrorists. We're not bad people. We're not looking to overturn anything. We're just, we're just raising our hands, asking questions, simple questions. We're asking to pump the brakes on anything. We're, you know, and we're not trying to be a, we're not even a threat to democracy. It was like, we're the ones who were hurt by the, the, the Democrats version of democracy. You know, my company was shut down during COVID. You know, my, some of my friends lost their jobs because they didn't want to take an experimental vaccine that gave their friend a stroke, right? And why would you want to do that? You know, their kids were not allowed in school because they didn't want, they did, they did not want their kids to take a vaccine that their friends had a stroke from or possibly had a stroke from. Is that insane? 
Apparently, according to the Democrats, it's insane because you should have your kids vaccinated even if this vaccine was only tested on eight lab rats. Trust me, it's safe, Fauci said. That's their argument. Don't debate. Listen, the debate is over. You know, listen to me. I know better. I'm the government. I'm Joe Biden. Or I'm Fauci. Or, or I'm Kamala Harris. Or I'm Nancy Pelosi. I know better than you. Don't research. Just listen to me. You know, don't, don't debate. Don't, don't try to have any type of common sense. Just listen. <laughs> GameStop is dangerous, but if you buy if, if you buy your games from Walmart, it's not. That's why we had to shut down GameStop because games you buy games at GameStop, it's really really dangerous. But if you buy games over at Walmart, it's not. That's the stupidity that we had during COVID, right? All right, people. Well, I am out of here now. I've been talking for about fifteen minutes. It was really great talking. Hope you guys had a, all a great weekend. I'll start podcasting more, by the way, and uh, I will be. On this podcast, and I think in about the next few days. So, looking forward to it. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ TO Movies. Yeah, the T-O is not the number two, by the way. It is T-O, like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2 Movies. Catch you around.